Welcome again to the Not Your Normal Social Emotional Learning Podcast. This time, for this episode, we have a very special guest, Wendy Zacuto. She began her career in education in 1969 while she was still a student at UCLA working towards her dance degree. She went on to become an elementary teacher and school administrator in just about every kind of school you can imagine. Public, independent, religious, magnet, charter, and dual language immersion. A dominant connecting thread through all the years and all those schools is that Wendy always was always seeking to integrate the wisdom of the best of her mentors and the numerous educational approaches that she studied with her own innate instincts about how real learning is elicited and nurtured in our youngest students. Wendy requested that this interview be respectfully and lovingly dedicated to the memory of one of her most important mentors, Jeanne Gossard, about whom she shares much inspiration in this interview. Wendy Zacuto, I have been looking forward to this interview so much, and thank you for finding the time to, to share your many years, uh, decades of experience with uh, all the teachers that are really interested in learning what you've learned. So thank you, Wendy. <laughs> it's my pleasure. <laughs> so um, do you, we're going to talk about some of the teachers you've had and some of the challenges you've faced and just where would you like to begin? Well, I think I'd like to begin at the beginning. Um, I've always thought of myself as a teacher, even though I've been an administrator and been in the role of a teacher trainer in many situations. And teaching is always the most important thing to me because I believe that the most important thing that happens, happens between a teacher and a child. Mm. And, um, you know, curriculum is great, um, environment is great, all these other things are wonderful, but they're additions to what the most important thing is in a classroom, and it's that relationship. Yeah. And um, I think what always sort of puzzled me was that, you know, I started in the years of, um, of uh, a very great teacher, and I'm forgetting her name right now, but she talked about the seven-point lesson plan, and everybody was scrambling to be able to write all the things down that they were going to say so that they could communicate the kernel. I'll, I'll think of her name, <laughs> but um, as we go on, I think. If you could think of the kernel of what was so important that you were going to teach, that was what the whole lesson was about. And I could see there was something off in that perspective. I got it, and yet there was something so off about it, and I didn't know what it was. And so I spent my early years of teaching sort of looking for models and people that would show me the way of what I was looking for. Yeah. And the first year of teaching in a kindergarten class, um, I had 28 kids, no teacher's oh. assistant, and no teacher's assistant, no assistant. And so I would ask parents to come in and help me out. And one of the parents that came in was a psychologist, and we never really talked. I did have a list of things for the teach the parents to do, but every time she came in, I noticed 
something was going on that was really important. And I began to observe her. And what I noticed is that the intensity of her gaze on each child may not have been very long, but she focused so clearly on listening to the child and letting that child know that what he or she was saying was the most important thing in the world at that particular moment. Uh I didn't really know. I didn't have words for it, but I knew it was something that I needed. And I knew that if I kept kind of watching her, I would eventually understand it. I didn't as a young teacher. It took me a lot more time and a lot more people to be able to figure out what it was I was talking about. Yeah. Um, what, what, what were the kids doing when she gave them that kind of attention? Well, it was, it was during a, um, a time when she was recording their words and then against something that they had created like a picture or a painting or a drawing and so she was eliciting from them the story of their drawing (sighs) and as they interacted with her the other children were listening and it was it was just it just was (sighs) a very special place in the classroom or you know just as it was but when she came something different happened than than I noticed with other people and certainly that I thought probably was happening with me as such a newbie Uh, and and the kids were just paying attention because something real was happening yes there was a real conversation going on right and um so as I as I you know went into other classrooms and and grew as a teacher, I became more adept at curriculum development and, you know, figuring out what lessons looked like. And I noticed a few things. I noticed that lesson planning would all often suggest that we think ahead of time about questions that we would ask children, but Mm -hmm. very often teachers wouldn't go through that step. And I'm sure I was one of those people who thought, well, I'll be able to think on my feet. I know where I'm going with this. I want them to learn the facts of what I'm teaching. So uh-huh. I, I don't really need to prepare. There's nothing I really need to do <laughs> except follow my lesson plan. Yeah. Um, so. Been there, done that. Yeah. <laughs> um, the next person that I want to talk about that that kind of taught me something it was was a teacher um and I was a principal and we would do yard duty together with the kindergarten class and it was a rotating basis so it took us a while to kind of get to know the kids and it wasn't the kindergarten teacher it was a a guest teacher who would come in and and we would watch the children while the teachers had their lunch Uh what I noticed was that whenever there was some kind of an issue or a situation, her response to it was always to run to it and stop it. And, and I, I don't do that. (laughs) I, I really don't do that. And so, you know, wanting to maintain my relationship with her, I would, you know, not interfere with what she was doing, but I made certain that she was watching when I interceded in a different way. And later on, we talked, she brought it up to me, actually. And she said, you know, I'm noticing something about the way that you intercede with um, a situation. You stop and you watch. 
before you say anything, before you do anything, there's a pause. There's a patience that you have. There's something in you that tells you that you can solve this, but it's so much better solved if the children are part of the solution. (laughs) And you can't get there without watching and really knowing what's going on. When I run in and I just stop it, that's literally what I do. I stop it, but nobody's learned anything. And I said, wow, you got all that? (laughs) She said, yes. And I said, well, thank you. I said, it's with intention. And it's something that I've developed over many, many years of confidence that watching that happen over and over again, unless it's you know, a a matter of danger where you really do need to take a knife out of a child's hand or something, (sighs) which obviously is going to happen. But, you know, that, that we really do benefit much more from, from sort of respecting this push pull of communications, that there's something to be gained in this situation. If we are a soft, what I call a soft, solid place, Uh to guide the children. I'm solid. I know I've got control over the situation. There's no doubt in my mind. <laughs> right. But right. I have a soft approach that hopefully allows the child to interact with me as I saw the children interacting with that woman so long ago. Right, right. And and I love that that guest teacher, is that what you called her? Yes. Um, that she was open to still learning and expanding her skills so that they really, really benefited everyone. I, I love that in people and teachers, especially. How, how often do you come across people who are open like that? Uh, how often did you come um, across? You know, it's probably an equal balance. Um, mm-hmm. it, lately, I've had a really wonderful experience as a retired teacher. I volunteered at a charter school and I had the deep pleasure of working with a a science teacher in their STEM program. And she would just ask me such interesting questions about what she noticed me doing with children or, or just things that had come up from watching the children herself. And Uh I, I think to me that that is really the hallmark of a great teacher is someone who's always questioning and who's always looking for the way to increase um, the authenticity of the learning experience for children. Hmm. And, and of course that's how to keep it lively and new and fresh for the teachers and to keep it truly, as you say, authentic learning experience for the kids and the relationship building. Oh, well, then there's so much more learning going on. You know, I, I was, I obviously as a principal right. did a lot of supervision and there were these two boys who were having a lot of trouble on the playground. And so um, I brought out some toys thinking that maybe they needed a little more structure. And of course the same issues that they had with a ball did come <laughs> up with the toys. And uh, again, I, you know, some one teacher said, oh, that's not going to work, you know, because, you know, it's just them. And I said, yes, you're right, but they have some things they need to learn. <laughs> and this is a rich opportunity. This is a rich environment. The ball was a little too hard because that's really hard to share one thing. But there's a lot of little pieces here. They were the magnetiles. And one child, you know, immediately grabbed them all. 
and the other child was upset and I just took a pause and I just, you know, stated what I was observing, you know, wow, I see that you really like to work with lots and lots of tiles. Can you see what's going on with so-and-so? And by sort of asking these questions, observing and asking these questions and bringing them in, um, it, it became a joy because yeah. eventually they were really able to share and, and take pleasure in each other's accomplishments, you know, and it didn't take very long. What it right. did take was a dedicated adult who created a soft but solid place. I knew they were capable of doing it. I knew they lacked some information in how to do it. And I knew that they needed the time to work it out and the patience on my part to not get frustrated and say, oh, this is too hard. Let's not do this. It was so, so important. So beautiful. I think that um, also, would you agree that I love that you said that you knew that they were capable. I think that kids totally pick up on that, even if we don't say it, that we, we respect their intelligence. We respect their potential to, to, to bring out the best in themselves or just to understand other possibilities and be open to them. Um, yeah, I guess that's what I wanted to say. Uh, but I love that you communicated that to them. And then, oh, I know what I also wanted to say was that just by you being there and seeing the situation with them, then they could become more aware instead of just be doing their knee jerk reactions. Right. And yes. reactions. Yeah. Yes. So and then we also developed a basis of experience of common experience that we could right. bring to other situations. Exactly. Beautiful. And they did. Those oh, boys yes. Did? yes. Oh, yes. 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 Oh my God. I, I mean, so. I won't say that it was, you know, peaches and cream all year no, long, no, no. but you know, no, but they just opened different doors it and they're did. aware. Yeah, absolutely did. Yes. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that just gets me so excited. I have to hold myself down, <laughs> down girl, down, <laughs> but it's just the kids, just what you're saying. We have to not constantly be on top of them, but just open windows of perception for them and, and but don't tell them what to see, just open windows of perception for them. Yes. And giving them opportunities to, yes. in which to enact and try exactly. out. And... Exactly. Exactly. Yes. That's where the ownership comes from. Yeah. So as a teacher and as a principal, we try to set up environments for, for children where that kind of space can, can happen. And it can happen in a you know, a reading lesson. It can happen on the playground. It can happen anywhere. Right, right. Wonderful. Do you, oh, I love this. Do you want to share any other teachers with us or influences or shall we do that in another episode? It's up to you. No, I'm, I would love to share about um, one particular person who, who gave me a lot of insight into this whole process. And her name is Janae Gassard. Mm. Um, she was one of the probably the most insightful people that I have ever known and brought that into her teaching as she trained teachers. Um, and she was so patient and respectful and, and witty. Yeah. <laughs> she had a great sense of humor. Uh. Um, I 
was lucky enough to take several uh, classes with her. What one I'm going to talk about is Socratic Seminar, um, which is a very, very rigid framework that supports that kind of freedom that we're talking about. And um, one of the pieces that she talked about was Socratic Seminars create thoughtfulness and explain to us that there were two meanings of that word. One is that you're being a thoughtful, intelligent person, but also we're being thoughtful as we enact with other people in the, in the room and in this, in the Socratic seminar circle. Mm. So it's very much a framework for living as much as it is for learning. Um, and, and in, in, in that uh, framework, the teacher is not a teacher. The teacher steps back and is a facilitator. And a question is asked, and this gets back to what I said at the beginning, how important our questions are. We want to ask questions that are going to open children's minds, not give them a preconceived ending place. And so we would start with a question, and then the discussion revolved around that topic within um, a piece of literature. Now, I've also done this um, with kindergartners about a, a beautiful painting where we ask a question and the literature, if you will, is th- what they're seeing in the painting. And we're talking about the people and the, the objects and those kinds of things. Yes. But the discussion becomes so alive because you get to see what children bring from their lives into this situation and yet are very, very focused on what's in front of them and the teacher is merely sort of facilitating the discussion it's the discussion that that lives in the center of the of the Socratic seminar circle Mm. Um, and uh, what it brought out for me (laughs) as as the as the person leading these and teaching other teachers how to do it is that feeling of self-reflection. How, how patient can I be? How, how reflective can I be? Where is that next question that's going to lead somebody into a new place that they didn't know before? And um, my role as a teacher was, was expanded because when you're a facilitator, you're an equal. You may be in charge, but you're an equal. And to me, that felt like a much more comfortable position uh certainly one to add you know instead of just being always the boss teacher um, to our to our uh modes of interaction and the last piece that i want to talk about is the kind of patience that i developed for children and for the space of learning i also developed for myself Certainly when I watched Janae facilitate a Socratic seminar, my mouth was open. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh, (laughs) am I supposed to do that? Mm. You know, and I think that if we can hold on to that patience for ourselves and not be too self-critical and, and really want to learn some of these more soft methods of working with children, um, that, we grow and we put ourselves in situations that are going to challenge us so that we can continue to grow. And of course, that's what we want for children. So why wouldn't we want to do that ourselves? 
And for the relationship so that it feeds both of you. Yes, absolutely. I mean, that probably at the end of those kinds of days and experience, education, teaching experience, teaching experiences, facilitation experience, you probably ended with energy, more energy. Oh, yes. And the relationship with the students. I was doing one Socratic seminar with some middle school boys and there was a um, moral dilemma. A child had done something and um, there was a real question of whether it was a legal thing or an illegal thing or the right thing to do or the wrong thing to do. And yeah. after hours of parsing everything and talking about it and reading the article and everything at the very end, um, there's this, um, a part of it that you go around and you reflect. And one little boy looked at me and he said, Mrs. Zacuto, we all know what's right, but the truth is, we're only 12 and my guess is none of us would really do the right thing. <laughs> oh, God. oh, I love that honesty. And everyone just laughed. It was just, it was just, it was wonderful. And it just, it, um, it was a very enjoyable day. <laughs> oh, that's a marvelous example. And it's, you know, that's one of the things I love with working with younger children because they still have all that honesty in them. Well, they'll look at it from different perspectives and not be judging themselves or others so much. Yes. And when that truth comes out, then their little brains and their little neuronal connections can start to hold bigger, bigger wholenesses where it isn't just a binary black and white, should, shouldn't, right, wrong, good, bad world. Right. And, and that's where you get a whole lot more creative problem solving that can turn into win-wins. Well, and that's what you want as a teacher. You yeah. want to open children up to yeah. this willingness to explore great yes. ideas. Yes. I mean, that's, that's, that's what we're about, you yes. know, and, yeah. and it does bring about thoughtfulness and thoughtfulness, both, mm -hmm. you know, both yeah. kinds. Oh, Wendy, thank you. Um, this is, uh, the longest episode ever and totally worth it. Well, feel, feel uh, free to cut it up. <laughs> no, no, not a chance, not a chance ever, but, um, but we'll just do this again and All again right. and again. All right. Nice talking uh -oh. to you, Nini. Absolutely. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Uh -huh. I hope you enjoyed this interview with Wendy Zacuto about the mentors and influences that helped her to become more of a facilitator with children, young children. I will have Wendy back because I absolutely love talking with her about all things education and social emotional learning and drawing out the best within children. Have you pushed that subscribe button? Do you have any comments at all? We would love to hear from you. And please do share this uh, episode with any teachers or uh, educators that you know. I think it's a very valuable interview. All right. Look forward to another edu educator interview within the next week, I hope. Um, different facets of facilitation, including the challenges. Thanks. Until next time.